We are back for more Sports Drive here on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM, and the ESPN Pensacola app. Joining me now is Brent Beard of First Coast News and co-host of the SEC and Helping Podcast. Brent, uh, it's been a little bit. Hopefully your Christmas was was good, and, and also you've had a happy New Year so far. Yeah, it, it has been. Glad to see the SEC um, kind of... Um, pick themselves up after about a one and three start in bowl games, and uh, my math is right. I believe they're six and four after Mississippi State's win. Um, I mean, well, I think we all knew they they had to win, representing Mike Leach, and uh, um, also LSU just absolutely destroyed mm. uh, Purdue in a game that probably never should have happened, frankly. Uh, they shouldn't have had a much better matchup than that. But certainly Alabama played well. Georgia won a, um, uh, an amazing game themselves. So, uh, but it's been a it's – been, it, it has been it's been a good uh, holiday. Uh, I hate the season is winding down, but uh, it, 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 it's been a good season. Yeah, it certainly has, and and we'll talk about some of that uh, the uh, the LSU stuff as well as Alabama here in just a moment. But uh, your your first reaction to both of those games yesterday or on a, on Saturday rather for the college football playoff? I know go, going into it, I think a lot of people would have said, you know, in all likelihood it'll be Michigan and Georgia. Obviously, TCU ends up pulling off that game, and then Ohio State gave Georgia everything they could handle. What what? How would you sum up those two games if you could? And a couple of sentences, Brent. Well, I give a lot of credit for uh, what TCU did. Uh, they never let up. Uh, frankly, uh, I mean, Michigan was number three in the nation against a run, and they gave up two, 263, third in the nation total defense, allowed nearly 500. Um, so uh, Max Dugan, who I voted for in the Heisman race, as number one, had a really good game. Dylan Thornton had a four sacks, and TCU had four 13 tackles for loss. Um, so huge, just a huge win for uh, TCU. Georgia um, still defending their championship. There's some concern at Georgia. They've given up 850 passing yards and 71 points in the last two games. I don't care who you are and how good they are, and they are, but that's a real concern uh, to be able to do that and facing TCU's 3-3-5. I think will be interesting, but Stetson Bennett, cool as he always is, uh, really give him a lot of credit. 10 of 12 for 190 and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. That's tremendous, whoever you play. So um, should be a big, big game. On uh, next Monday, um, I think what was almost amusing were, were the pundits that were uh, saying that we'd have an all Big Ten um, uh, game to where uh, uh, that, that's who it would be uh, in the finals. That that certainly was not the case. Um, so. At this point, Georgia looks and go back and back, but easily 
the two most dramatic and exciting uh, semis we've had, frankly, so far. Yeah, I would say to, you know, if there was one sentence, I think, to describe it the way, the way that I thought of it last night is those are the two best semifinals, point blank and period, that we have seen because while we've had some really good championships, we have rarely seen a semifinal, let alone two, that have been as thrilling as those were in back and forth. Is So I, I think that it's interesting with, with this game, we, we had a lot of, you know, intrigue with TCU in there. Ohio State gets a second chance. Of course, you got the two great defenses, as you mentioned, but they both get, really, they, they both got blown up. I mean, it, it, as you said, with Michigan and then Georgia has had some issues with the secondary. Uh, one thing in particular, and as it pertains to this Georgia-TCU game go, going forward, Brent, and we may be able to talk about it a little bit more next week if, if we're able to uh, chat then. But one thing I noticed with TCU, they that, that read option that they had with Max Duggan being able to run the football himself, and they have a duo of backs, it really caused problems for Michigan and really hadn't been anything that they'd seen like that. Is that going to work against a Georgia defense that is so good against the run and their main concern is the secondary, and, and Max Duggan is capable, but... They seem to be a run-first team. Uh, I don't know if that plays into George's hands a little bit with this matchup. Uh, I, I think it will if TCU can throw the ball. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I, people were looking to talk about this for some reason, but but frankly, the uh, the, the, the Georgia secondary has just been torched um, yeah. um, of the last two games. Um, and that is their real weakness. So I, I think that may that easily is one of the keys to the game is can uh, and how effective would what well, would Duggan be in throwing the ball? Yeah, yeah, and that and they they do have playmakers and you know including Quentin Johnston who is a guy that could go in the first round and it'll be interesting to see how much uh, it might all come down to the trenches again. I mean one of those things with Ohio State is can they protect C.J. Stroud? And he, he made some great plays when, when he was pressured. But they, they did a pretty good job of protecting him, and, and Ryan Day had a good game plan. What is it for TCU going in? And in what ways does Georgia need to be better a little bit on offense? One of the things that Kirby Smart had said, too, is that while we need to play better as a team and as a unit, Stetson also has to play a little bit better. And Stetson, after the game, said he hadn't played very well either, even though he did make some plays. Is there anything on offense that stands out for, for Georgia that they need to make sure they take advantage of um, in, in this matchup to try to get ahead early on? Georgia has, uh, I mean, running the ball, that they have been um, running back by committee. They've been wide receiver by committee, uh, which I think has been crucial for them. Uh, McClendon in the offensive line, uh, Lad McConkey. Uh, they're getting hurt. I think the injuries for Georgia, Washington, the tight end, uh, or a concern uh, about about where that might be going uh, and how that might be hurt them. But uh, I mean, Georgia's still the most consistent team, and they're they're certainly one of the deeper teams. Um, um, so that that's going to be uh, uh, crucial, frankly, for Georgia. Uh, to be able to get out early uh, and uh, and be able to fend TCU off um, instead of kind of waiting uh, uh, as as Michigan. I mean, really, 
and the and the semis, TCU dictated the pace, um, mm-hmm. and they were oftentimes ahead by a couple of scores, which made a huge difference in that game. Brent Beard of First Coast News, College Triple Analyst and host of the SEC and Helping Podcast, joining the Sports Drive now. Um, we'll dive into that matchup a, a little bit more if we're able to in the future on, on uh, next Monday. But other things regarding this bowl season, um, a- Alabama gets the win, a dominant victory after they were sleepwalking a little bit in the beginning. They they, they have figured it out, and, and Bryce Young put on a good performance how would you summarize this season for Alabama, Brent, and also just Bryce Young's career as an Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback? Well, that's a career we have, uh, frankly, never seen before. Um, and, and unfortunately, if uh, he didn't come back, but if he would have, he would have set every record as Alabama quarterback um, there's ever been. Uh, this 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 team was very reminiscent of 2010. It was incredibly uh, skilled, uh, talented team that really never lived up to what it could have done. I mean, look, if they would have played against Tennessee or LSU in two games they lost, and they should have won both of them, frankly, uh, they'd be in the playoffs themselves, probably in the finals. But they were just unable to do that. They played better, and it really does make you wonder with the teams that they, um, I mean, with the teams they played, the schedule was difficult, um, helped them play Texas. Uh, but they they made some real mistakes, Drew, on uh, um, uh, the particularly – um, the secondary against Tennessee, they got no pressure at all with Hinn and Hooker. Um, the offensive line struggled throughout the year. I know and I get the fact that Will Anderson won all the awards, uh, but Drew, I'm just being really honest here. There were a lot of times Drew Anderson uh, that Will Anderson was nowhere to be seen on the field. Um, I mean, I know his swan song was in the bowl game, but the reality of it is, I mean, he did he did a little death against Kansas State, um, and uh, that's unfortunately, um, I mean, he'll be remembered for one of the greatest defensive players Alabama's ever had. But look, his senior year was not much. Um, I, I mean, I know he had some decent numbers. But the reality is, um, there were there were plenty of games they needed him to step up, and that just did not happen. So, I mean, it was a real mixed bag. And Bama's got they they need to change coordinators. Um, uh, Bill O'Brien has like zero um, creativity, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and that hurt them. That hurt them through the whole year, and. I had a friend that, that summed up um, Pete Golding and summed him up well. He said, Pete Golding, and get this, Pete Golding is is um, not the problem, but he's also not the solution. Yeah. So uh, those are two moves they really have got to make in the offseason. season.
Yeah, is is there anybody, and I know that, th that this has been a topic of conversation among the Alabama Crimson Tide fans, and Bill O'Brien has been rumored to go back to New England with Bill Belichick and all that. Are, are there are there any coaches who you think could be on that short list? I know one of them could potentially be, not to say it's, it's in the stones or I haven't seen anything on this, but I know that Jim Leonard at Wisconsin has been there for a long time. He's not going to remain with Luke Fickle as he came in to be the new head coach at Wisconsin. He'd probably be the hottest name out there if he's going to continue being a defensive coordinator. I don't know if there's any other name that comes to you, uh, Brent, as far as the OC or even DC, but is there anybody that you have heard either with rumblings or maybe have an idea that Coach Saban could be going after? Well, uh, the um, I know one of the fans' favorite for DC uh, is Jeremy Pruitt, uh, the former yeah. uh, Tennessee coach who would who would do an amazing job. They also need to get Bo Davis back as defensive line coach, too. That, that's something they need. Uh, Riley's brother, um, obviously at Southern Cal, but Riley's brother uh, is a hot commodity, too. I, look, um, I mean, Nick Saban's the greatest of all time. Um, hopefully this time... He was staying in the college ranks for a coordinator um, instead of going to the NFL uh, with that, too. So, uh, But it was just inexcusable to have this much talent and speed on offense and not run a uh, – I, I, mean, I mean, look, um, I don't, I, I'm still trying to figure out if Alabama ran reverse the whole year. Um, I mean, when you've got guys who were um, uh, national track stars in high school that you can't get them the ball um, in, in some creative way, it's just time to do something different, and, and that's where Alabama is. Brent Beer joining the show now, First Coast News and host of the SEC and Helping Podcast. A couple more things, but real quick, back, back to Alabama. Is this Ty Simpson's job to lose for starting quarterback next year? Uh, it, well, um, let me put it this way. Jalen Milrow is not the answer. Um, yeah, right. Uh, look, he's a really good athlete, Drew, but Milrow uh, is not a passer. Um, it, look, and you've either gotten it, but now you don't. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Anthony Richardson, who's not a passer either, although they keep saying he's a, he's going to be a first-round draft choice mm -hmm. uh, to kind their future is Ty Simpson, frankly, uh, is where they need to go. Uh, now, Eli Holstein may have something to do with that, too, um, because he, he's very good. But I'll be frank with you, they need, uh, they need to get a quarterback in the portal. Uh, that, that's something they really need. And I'm not, I'm not saying they would get him, but they need to get someone like Pratt of Tulane uh, who I believe is coming back to Tulane, at least is what he says. So that that's going to be extremely important to them but because what they have got, uh, the offensive line will be better, the receivers will certainly be better, um, and I think the running backs uh, will be too. Uh, um, and uh, so, I mean, look, if they, Drew, in my opinion, if they can get a quarterback – uh, they've got a real shot of going back to the playoffs. 
Yeah, and Pratt could be a guy, especially with them just beating USC as crazy of a win as, as that was in, in the Cotton Bowl, 46-45 to 45, that happened today. Uh, certainly a guy who's going to be on a short list of teams that are interested, maybe if he does enter the portal. A, a couple other things, too. Uh, this whole LSU deal, so, so they blew out Purdue, but this whole situation with Keyshawn Booty and him all of a sudden declaring for the draft, I read a little bit on it, and it's a pretty despicable situation if uh, the rumors are true involving other staffers as well as Keyshawn Booty. Um, it's another off-the-field issue for LSU. This time, of course, it's with Brian Kelly as the head coach. I don't know how you get rid of a situation like this, but it seems like over the last couple of years, whether it's Coach Orgeron, whether it's uh, uh, John Emery and, and, and grades, whether it's somebody else or, or whether it's Keyshawn Booty, I feel like there's an issue off the field with LSU over the last couple of years, and that's a, a, a true problem for a program that wants to have some success on the field. Well, and people forget they've still got that Title IX investigation going on um, involving the uh, conduct with former players against um, co-eds. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and that's something that's got to be dealt with. So uh, now I will say this, um, and I've had some LSU beat writers <laughs> say this, Kelly is the um, – uh, first adult that they've had as a head coach in a while uh, was how some LSU beat writers put it. Um, Kelly's a really good football coach. Mm-hmm. If you if you break Newt Rockney's record at Notre Dame, you know what you're doing, um, and I, and they'll overcome this with him in his first year. And look, he's like like Nick Saban did at Alabama. Um, they're going to have to get rid of some of these kids uh, on the roster and get his own kids in there, and, and he'll be a lot better off. And I think that's coming up uh, with them. But, I look, I, I have no doubt that they will be uh, – uh, LSU's going to be a very dangerous team coming up uh, over the next few years with Kelly there. Most certainly. Again, Brent Beard of First Coast News, Coast of the SEC, and helping podcasts join in the sports drive. Now, final thing for you, Brent. Uh, there was an interesting story from Ross Dellinger in the in a Sports Illustrated last week, um, and I there's a couple things that stood out to me with this idea of changes in in the overall um, college football bowl system, if you will. There's a couple things that came up, whether it be bowl eligibility criteria, name, image, and likeness going directly to the players as opposed to the conferences or the schools, um, more, more more flexibility in, in conference affiliation as well as other TV stuff and um, bowls being involved in the college football playoff. Um, of those, I think, to me, the name, image, and likeness and the criteria for eligibility as well as the flexibility and conference affiliation were the three most intriguing ones. In regards to criteria, has this been a needed update to remove the 6-6 six and six teams? Because I, I can't remember the exact number, but I believe... 21 teams of the 82 that are playing in these 41 bowl games had six and six records this year. That, yeah. that, that's more than a quarter, and I don't know if that's something that is is good to reward a six and six team in college football. I mean, it's like handing out a participation trophy in a way. Well, I'll say this: if you if you get a bad start, I do think you should be rewarded. I mean, if you start one and six, and you run the table. Okay. You should be rewarded with that. Mm. I mean, you're not going to a major bowl, um, but uh, just to be able to go, uh, I think, will be a feat. Some of these teams are going to get in on their APR, 
but the reality is, too, there are so many bowls, Drew, uh, that they're going to have to uh, uh, to continue to, to probably have that. And we're going to have probably maybe more five and seven teams. But the only thing that's going to save the bowls is um, uh, the playoffs. Uh, and now I want to see as many home games as possible. Yeah. But before it's, before it's over to save these bowls, I, I can see what's going on now. They're going to incorporate these games into the bowls, and that's going to save some of them. We'd love to have one of those in Jacksonville. I, I, I can tell you this, but at the same time, what's happened is, and I, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll have a mini rant here. We have protected these bowls for so long instead of dealing with what we should have been doing, which is putting the number one priority on the playoff. Um, and part of the problem is what's going on right now is uh, we have basically, and I've heard people say this, uh, we we put off a playoff for years so we can have a Rose Bowl parade. Well, at some point, um, the Rose Bowl is wonderfully traditional, but you can't prevent and, and slow down a playoff in order to see the sunset over the San Gabriel Mountains. That that just can't continue to happen. Yeah. And thankfully, and thank God it hasn't. So, uh, look, but at the same time, look, I love the bowls. I've watched almost bits and pieces of probably nearly every one of them, and I, and I think they're great. I love these days where you got a bowl on at noon. It goes through midnight. Um, so I, I, I don't, I'm not saying get rid of bowls. I'm just saying we're, we're now, particularly in two years, where we need to be, uh, with bowls not, not having the priority that they have been. And, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. Again, Brent Beard, appreciate the time as always. Um, we'll talk to you again here soon. Looking forward to the national championship game. And of course, always, Happy to have you on and talking some good old college football, college basketball and baseball, uh, more of the conversation to be coming, but still a lot of college football left to be played, whether it be today with the Rose Bowl and then that final national championship game. Brent, appreciate the time as always. You have a good one. We will talk again soon. Take care. Again, Brent Beard of First Coast News and co-host of the SEC and Home and Podcast. More sports drive after the break. We're talking NFL playoff picture after the weekend. We do have one more game tonight. We'll talk about that one a little bit later between the Bengals and Bills, but how did the playoff picture look? After yesterday. That comes next on ESPN Pensacola and the new ESPN Pensacola app.